Do you eat too much? Do you drink too much? Do you work around the clock? Can't satisfy that itch, just one more bump and then I'll stop. You can get help for your addiction, it's an affliction for sure. Bringing awareness, it's Derek, the recovering CEO. Good morning. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Recovering CEO podcast. My name is Derek. I am the Recovering CEO. And today I'm here with a special guest and fellow redhead from Canada. She's Irish. She is sober. She is Becca, the unashamed alcoholic. And good morning, Becca. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to meet you. Well, thank you for being here. I know we've never met in person. We've just seen each other on Twitter. <laughs> um, I follow the recovery posse hashtag, right? That's probably where I met you. Yeah, it's a great, what a great group, eh? Really is. Really is. And uh, oh, I love the A, right? You got your Canadian accent. Pretty good. <laughs> it's, it's showing already. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> yep. Yep. So Rebecca, so you like hockey and Daryl Hall and John Oates. Is that correct? <laughs> that's that's that pretty much sums me up. Yep. <laughs> that is awesome. Have you seen Hall and Oates in concert? Oh, yeah. I'm, I think I'm close to 10 times now. Um, okay. I just went to, I drove to Connecticut in December with my dad to see them two nights in a row. So <laughs> I'm, I'm poor now mm -hmm. because of that trip. But uh, yeah, I, now when I go see Hall Notes, I make sure I'm within the first few rows. Like I don't, I need to make eye contact. They, they need to see me that I'm there. <laughs> I'm pretty wow. sure at first they have a restraining order against me. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, that's great. I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're flattered. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so, you know, so tell me, so, so we're both in recovery, which is great, right? So we have that in common. Mm -hmm. um, you have done a lot even since you got sober, right? You talk about it. You say, you know, I'm, I'm divorced. I'm doing all the things I've always wanted to do. Um, you know, you're a mother. I mean, tell me a little bit about your, your story. Like, what are you doing now? And then we can kind of go back and mm -hmm. talk about what you were, you know, what brought you here. Yeah. I mean, when I think about it, like it's kind of, it's, I mean, it's totally uh, mind blowing to think that what's, what, what I've accomplished <laughs> since being sober and how, how life has changed, you know? And you know, sometimes I think like, where would I be if I hadn't stopped drinking? Um, I mean, pretty miserable, first of all, uh, very unhealthy and in a lot of still unhealthy relationships. Uh, one of them being, you know, the marriage I was in and, you know, it wasn't, um, it, the, the separation, the divorce that was amicable, we were both ready. It wasn't one sided thing, but what brought me to the realization, you know, I was three, three, almost three years sober when, um, I left and it was, you know, it had been a long time coming, but sobriety really helped that happen because, uh, I mean, I think a lot of people can agree when you get sober, you start, you, you start, you learn who you really are and what you want and what you, what you like and what you don't like. And, you know, you just kind of start cleaning house and going like, well, this doesn't feel right anymore. I don't want to live like this anymore. And it was kind of like that. There was nothing to cover it up. Uh, you know, there was no, you know, my friend wine <laughs> to help, you know, get through whatever miserable, miserable nights or fights or whatever there was, it was just, you know, time to time to move on and, uh, recovery and sobriety have shown me who I really am and what I wanted of life. And, uh, so that's just been huge. So unexpected. I just thought like, well, I'll stop drinking and I'll never have fun again. <laughs> you know, that was my thought when I did, like when I really first got sober and in reality, it's been a wonderful coming up to five years experience of everything, you know, 
vacations and concerts and sort of a whole renewed sense of life. Um, you know, I'm sitting in my new house, well, new old, new to me <laughs> house that I bought, you know, on that's mine now. It's just me and the kids half the time. Um, you know, I have a job I like. I have supportive people in my life. Uh, you know, I started dating 14 months after we separated. So that was all new because I've never dated sober anymore. So like all of it is so everything that's happened since getting sober has been uh, new and wonderful and terrible because of all the feelings and, <laughs> but also just really welcomed, you know, none of it, even, even those terrible moments are welcomed because they're real. Everything's so real now. So it's, I mean, it, it's been every, every, like, you know, every day there's something new that you learn uh, about yourself in recovery, I think. Uh, so yeah. it's just, it's, it's, just, it's just a constant evolving thing, which is beautiful. Yeah. I always say sobriety gives you the gift of awareness. It's one of the yes. biggest things, you know, yes. and, um, and before we're a dysfunctional relationship, I would drink over that. Right. Then, then you, now you have to feel it and mm-hmm. then you, we process it and we realize that's not how we want to feel. So then we can yeah, kind of exactly create and, the life you want. And, and, you know, when you feel things now, you, like you said, you have to go through it. You have to ex- like figure out like, what, what am I feeling you know, how can I get through this? What can I do to navigate through this? Can, you know, how do I share what I'm feeling rather than just like quietly numbing it or ignoring it or whatever. Now you actually like deal with things like what a, what a novel idea. Yeah. So so you say you're coming up on five years. What's your sobriety date? Uh, It's my birthday, which is July 18th. So I stopped drinking uh, July 18th, 2017. 2017. Okay, great. So so I'm curious, have your kids noticed a difference in you? Have they commented? You know, they're too young to remember me drinking now come, you know, it's been almost five years and they're only 10 and Mm. eight. Um, uh, And I wasn't drinking to like, you know, they wouldn't find me passed out on the, on the couch or something like that. But I, you know, I was drinking definitely around them all the time. Um, <clears throat> you know, ki- even kids, even their own birthday parties, I would make sure that you know, we're serving wine. Um, but they're too, they were too young to remember because they would have been five and, and three. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't remember that. Uh, sorry. But, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Too young to remember. That, but I think that there has been an impact on them because I'm very open about it with them. They know about the podcast. They want me to make a YouTube channel so that they can be rich and famous some, somehow out of the, out of, out of my podcast. I don't, don't think they quite understand that, but uh, you know, I'm very open with when I talk to someone that they might be interested in, I, I share it with them. Um, you know, I just I met a, an Ottawa senators player the other day because of, you know, we're both in recovery and I told them why we were meeting. Like I'm very open with them about it. And so I think that that has certainly an impact on them because like no one talked about sobriety or alcoholism when, when I was young, like that, those are not sobriety was never an option presented mm-hmm. as an option. Uh, alcoholism was shush, shush, shameful family secrets. Right. Uh, and so now, I mean, it's a totally different side that they're, they're seeing and hearing. So, you know, we talk about it sometimes talk about like, they might mention like someone, you know, someone was drinking or whatever. And I just say like, you know, you, you don't have to, you won't ever see me doing that type thing. And, you know, not, not like I'm better than, but just a reminder, you know, we don't right. remember, we, we don't have alcohol in our house. And how do you feel about that? Or, you know, my, my son said something the other day too, that was kind of hurtful to another kid. And I said, 
you might want to like, remember that someone might use your mom's an alcoholic as a, as an insult towards you one day. And like, how are you going to, how are you going to sort of present yourself after that? What do you, what do you say to that? Like, you know, because it could happen. And, uh, you know, again, like that word is not, I'm trying to teach them that that word's not a bad word. It's not something you need to shy away from. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, they see a different side of it. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I've always talked to my kids about it. I always, you know, they used to sit in the back of meetings with their little DVD player and their headphones on <laughs> because they did not want to listen. They just, you know, watch it, <laughs> watching movies. I've changed diapers in meetings. I mean, all that. That's great. Yeah. So good. It normalizes it. Yeah, it does. It does for sure. Um, and then also, sorry, just, I, I, you know, so you were dating, you were dating sober. Um, how did you tell your significant other that you were in recovery? When did that come up in their relationship? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought, you know, it, it, it evolves, right? Like it, it sort of changes, but I think you kind of feel out each person, but what's nice is that on the a dumpster fire of dating apps. Now you can put, um, you can, you, you can select, uh, you, you know, whether you're sober or you don't drink or whatever, like there are options for that. There's even like, I think it was Bumble. He has the, the, the wording sober as an option of like a, of a drop down menu when you're checking, like, you know, what your height is and what your interests are and whatever. And so when it comes to alcohol or smoking or whatever, they have the option of sober, which I loved. So I put that, um, I mean, I would, I was very upfront about not drinking in all of all the many profiles <laughs> I had, it was always front and center. Um, so, cause I didn't want, I didn't want anyone uh, also no one reads them. So I, which I came to realize. <laughs> We're often not noticing that, even though it was right there. Um, but I was right up front. Uh, I first, first time we're talking, I'm going to tell you that like, I don't drink. Uh, sometimes I go to AA and I have a podcast where I'm very open about it because what's the point of hiding this? If I have a podcast where I'm very not hiding it. So it's almost like it's too, it's a hypocrite. I found it almost hypocritical that I wouldn't be, you know, this is one of my hobbies basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's kind of like half of my life is, is talking about <laughs> my alcoholism. So I felt like also, if this is going to bother you, like <laughs> I'm not going to waste any time. So uh, I wanted to weed out people pretty quickly, you know, uh, from what I saw, it didn't, no one was scared off by it, which was great. I, I, I assumed people would be, but I was, you know, it's like when I've told anyone that I'm an alcoholic or I don't, you don't drink or I had whatever, uh, I, I, my immediate fear always was people are going to judge me or hate me or whatever. And it was never the case, at least not to my face, but like, no, no one ever was so supportive. Yeah. So, do, do they have a category on these dating apps, uh, where I'm like a heavy party or 420 friendly, anything like that? Yeah. A lot of them do. They say, I mean, they have like, like if some of the things would be like heavy drinker or whatever, or, or frequent or whatever, you know, people would put 420 friendly in their things. You know, you can write pretty much write anything you want. Um, so you'd stay, you'd stay away from those though, right? Yeah. When you would put what you're looking for, I'm not going to go with someone who's like you know, drinking, drinking heavily all the time. I don't think we're going to match very well. Yeah. Well, but also fun. I don't need to be with someone who doesn't drink entirely either. I just, right. it, it has to there. We have to find that balance that works. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Um, cause when I met my wife it was right when I was a year sober mm. and 
she had all these visions of like, she was going to open a bottle of wine and make dinner and all this romantic stuff. And on our, on our first date, I'm like, oh yeah, no, I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> Just let's put that to rest. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. Well, and it helps to like start the, those conversations right away of like, well, what does that mean? Like, do you always like want to have a drink or like, no, you know, like, <laughs> are you struggling? Are you, can, can you be around it? Like, you know, so it, it starts a lot of questions for sure, which is, which is fine. I'm happy to answer them. Yeah. And I love that you're talking about it because like you said, it's always been the family secret. Like, mm-hmm. let's not talk about that. That's our personal business. Let's be quiet mm-hmm. about that. Or, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I do believe it's hereditary, right? So, um, has there been any alcoholism in your history, like hereditary wise? Oh yeah, for sure. I think we, I mean, we know definitely like one, uh, one family member, very obviously was uh, suffering from the the effects of alcoholism and passed away. Um, then there's definitely a handful of others who maybe aren't quite so open about it, who are still uh, around. Um, and then, you know, me, who was just like, why can't I talk about this? Like, you know, we talk about, you know, other things that we have happened in our lives or that we've experienced and you know, we're proud of. And that was what the weird thing was when I got sober, it was like, well, now, you know, zip it. Like now, now you could talk about going out and having a few drinks or feeling hungover the next day. You could talk about, um, you know, being, getting drunk with your friends, like all this stuff is socially acceptable to talk about, but like being like, Hey, (laughs) making the announcement, like you're, I'm sober. I'm, you know, I'm one year celebrating one year, all these things. Like it was like, great. Just, you know, we don't, we don't really announce that kind of thing. And I just thought, but I've done more work on myself in the last few years than ever before. I'm happier than ever before. Why can't I talk about why? And so that's what led to where I am today, essentially. Cause I was just like, this doesn't make sense. Why would we keep this kind of good, good side of it a secret? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you have a podcast and you're pretty vocal on social media. Have you ever received any pushback from people who say, oh, you shouldn't talk about this or don't use the word alcoholic? I do. Uh, I, the, the most, <laughs> the most drama I drum up is when I say anything about AA because it's like, it's anonymous. I'm like, wow. Ah, all right. Like that's <laughs> okay. I mean, if you want to keep the stigma and shame attached to an alcoholic, then sure, like encourage that. But for me, it's like, well, first of all, I can say whatever I want about my own story, you know, period, point final. I can always say what I'm doing. I'm not going and saying anyone else is part of it. Like I'm talking about me. And I also think it's important to destigmatize that. Like one, every alcoholic is not part of AA too. <laughs> you know, it's not like, it's not mandatory, right? Uh, two, I can be an alcoholic in recovery and use AA when I feel like it, which is what I do now. I go to meetings every now and then when I feel like seeing friends or sharing, or I just need that comfort of the community, because that's to me, what recovery is so key for me is the community. It's these conversations. It's the podcast. It's the Twitter recovery posse, sometimes AA meetings. It's that community. It's people people help me. Uh, these conversations help me. So when I need a little swim in that pool, I jump in. Um, but you know, some people are like, you should be doing this step and you should, I'm like, that never interested me. So I'm like a bad AA member. Cause I'm not, no, 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 doing this, but like, you know what? 
I fully believe that people should be doing what works for them. You do your journey, how you see fit. Um, that, so that anytime I talk about that, that's where like, people are like, you shouldn't be talking about it. You know, you're not allowed the anonymity, ma. like, so that, that drums up a lot. And then other people don't like when I label myself an alcoholic, but it's also, that's what I am. And I'm, I want to take that word back because for so long, even for me, before I accepted that I had a totally different idea of what it was, uh, you know, the, what you see in movies and TV and like, why can't I call myself that? But like, you know, you shouldn't be labeling yourself. You shouldn't just be, think of yourself as a substance use disorder instead or whatever. I mean, again, I, I don't tell anyone what they should do and no one should be telling me what I should do. Uh, so I, I just kind of want to put it out there that like, this is what works for me. This is what I'm comfortable using and saying. And I want to say this stuff, the AA stuff, the recovery journey, whatever, and the, the, the label, because I want to normalize it take the shame and stigma away from it. And the more we can just have these normal conversations like we're having today, the less confusion and misunderstanding and stereotypes there will be around it in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree back. And I really think actually it's, it's on trend. Um, I don't know if you follow Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V he's like a, an author and but he's a business. Like he puts out a lot of business content and he says, you know, he's talking about how there's a real trend towards more mental health awareness, right? Which we know, right? Mental health matters, all those hashtags, but also, and that's, and that's one of the reasons I started the recovering CEO. And that's why when I saw, you know, the unashamed alcoholic, I'm like, oh my God, it's so cool. And th there was another guy I interviewed on my podcast and his, he started the podcast called the sober exec, mm. which is kind of crazy, you know, it's mm. actually a blog and stuff. Um, and so, you know, maybe you can give me some advice. Cause I've been trying to put out content more on LinkedIn. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I feel like Twitter mm -hmm. is Twitter. Certainly it allows you to sort more, right? So you get more specific alcoholics. Uh, and I actually started a new Twitter account for my, um, podcast, but, uh, then I've been putting it on LinkedIn and I just have a slight fear. Cause I feel like some people are going to be like, why are you talking about that here? Mm. You know, we're, we're trying to do business. And my feeling is that there's so many people in business that are losing jobs, losing marriages, losing their families, and they never, because they never want to mention that they have an addiction. Like right. that's the last thing to come out. Like somebody will, will like, they'll go all the way to like losing their life and everyone will be like, shoot, you know, we didn't really realize he had a problem and then it'll yeah. come out later. Oh, he had an addiction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm trying to bring it to the forefront, you know, and it's mm -hmm. amazing how people reach out. Like, you know, I posted, I did a live stream on LinkedIn the other day and people just reached out and said, Hey, you know, I forwarded this to my buddy and he wants to talk to you and this and that, you know, um, so how, how do you do that? Like, how do you, how do you spread your web? Like you have a lot of downloads on your podcast. Like what kind of was the catalyst to that? And then how do you manage social media and uh, all that? Yeah, I know. I think what you're doing is you, you can never do like too many places. I think, you know, the more you can spread your message, I, I never even thought of LinkedIn, like what a great, and I, I, I hear what you're saying. It's a really good link. <laughs> link pun intended, uh, to, to what you're doing. I think that's a really good idea because you're going to reach a, a like totally different group of people there. And, and, you know, again, putting it out there a lot of the time, you'll never know who you're reaching or how, or what the impact is, because a lot of people don't 
won't and won't directly contact you and say, Hey, thanks. This made a difference. Or, you know, I like hearing this or whatever. People just see it and they might go, Hmm. And think about it or walk away with something or be quietly following you. You will never know how many people are truly being impacted by what you're doing. So just because like, you you know, it's hard to tell or you can't, you know, the, the feedback you're getting might not be what you're looking for or enough or whatever. Uh, don't stop because like it, it'll, there's, there are people out there who are, are hearing it for sure, or seeing it. Um, and I think it just will quietly build wherever you're putting the, the message out there. Uh, you know, Twitter is, it can be like a huge cesspool of like terribleness, but I just kind of, I mean, it's coming up to, uh, it's probably like a year and a half I've been on it now. And, um, it's, it, it, it ebbs and flows. Uh, I really love the community the sense of like the, you know, the recovery posse on there. Um, I, it is exhausting a lot of the time though. It is frust can be frustrating, but it's always a place where I can say something that's going on. Promoting the podcast is one thing, but as a place where I can, because I don't, I don't just use it for like the, I'm going to say like the business side of things, like with the podcast, I use it way more heavily for like my personal stuff. And, you know, my, my account is, you know, Becca, like the unashamed alcoholic. I think it says podcast in my name, but, <laughs> but it's so, which is funny because like, I, it's much more heavily me as an alcoholic rather than just the podcast. So I, I really pepper a lot more of my personal stuff in, which seems to create more engagement than anything else. People like to hear the real stories of, you know, your trials and tribulations, challenges and sobriety, and then the good stuff. People like to see that and they want to be able to offer support or offer congratulations. That's what I've really noticed. And which is wonderful because when you have those moments of like, oh, like I just need, I just need some kind, someone to say it's going to be okay, or you'll get through this. It's there and it's amazing. Um, and I've had some really great moments on there and I've, I've met people in real life, (laughs) you know, from it, which is just crazy to me that I can like that that's happened more than once. Um, one of them was at Holland Oates concert in the States, you know, like it's just brought, it has the ability to bring people together, which again, the opposite of addiction is that, that connection, right. That sort of that feeling of, um, that you're not alone and that there's, there's support and there's other people who get it and are there for you. And, you know, who are maybe going through the same thing. It's that community. And that's what I look for. That's what I use Twitter for. I started Instagram. I hate it. (laughs) It's too much. Like, I don't, I think it might be my alcoholic addictive side, but like, I can't manage more than one. So I don't give a lot of attention to Instagram. I kind of have it as like, you know, to tag guests if needed, but like, ugh, like I can't, I can't do more than just Twitter. Like it's asking too much of me. So, <laughs> but I, I do in really enjoy, um, more than I thought I would, the, the, the connections that you can get out of the mm-hmm. online presence. Yeah. So, so tell me, cause you've interviewed a lot of, you know, pretty famous alcoholics, uh, people are out there in the public sphere. Um, mm-hmm. What has been your favorite interview or which one would you recommend that like somebody needs to go listen to which episode and we could link to it from the show notes. 
You know, that's a really good question. Um, honestly, I find that all of them are so unique. It's funny because we all have something in common, <laughs> uh, but there's something so unique about, about each one too. Um, you know, where I, I feel like, Hey, like I'm talking to this really well-known person, but like, we also have something in common, which is just so hard to believe that, you know, you can have something in common with someone who's, who, who is so, um, you know, a household name or whatever. Uh, you know, I have, I'll, I'll, I hate to, I hate to go back to my, my roots of like the hockey, but like, <laughs> You know, I had a conversation with Bobby Ryan that wasn't an episode, but I talk about it on my own. And that was important for me personally, because he's why I started talking about my story publicly. So he was a, an Ottawa Senators player and it came out that he had gone away for, to, to, to seek help for his, um, alcohol addiction. And I just thought like, if he can talk about this, like, and I still love him, like, why can't I talk about my story? And so I did like through a series of events did start sharing it and I wanted to thank him. So I harassed him until he <laughs> agreed to talk to me. Um, it's not an official episode, but, uh, um, he did let me share that we'd spoken. So that was really important to me personally. And then Mark Parrish, who uh, was also an NHL player, um, he just, uh, again, I started following him when he had just newly shared his story. And I felt a connection to that uh, because you could see the vulnerability and he's just such a nice guy. I don't know, nice guy, hockey players who don't have teeth just <laughs> really speak to me. So Though I mean, Mark's story, uh, everyone's story, Elizabeth Vargas, Mary Walsh, Deborah DiGiovanni, like I have these beautiful people who've shared their stories so personally and so vulnerably, they all offer something different. It depends on what you're looking for. And, and also, I think, you know, if you've seen them before and you had no idea they, they had, you know, uh, an, any kind of, uh, issue with addiction. Like, I think it just kind of opens a lot of doors to conversation going, Oh, like I had no idea, you know? Um, I just think that there's so many episodes that each offer something different. Something you said, um, a minute ago, uh, reminded me of, of Dr. Adam Hill's a story, which was, you know, you're talking about people, uh, not feeling comfortable to share, um, where the, with their employer or colleagues or something, you know, uh, and hiding that. And that's a huge part of being in the medical community is, you know, not revealing you have an addiction and, you know, his, he talks a lot about that in his book, the long walk out of the woods. And he talks a lot about that in our conversation about like that, that, you know, that that was a huge and still is a huge hurdle to overcome because you have to fill out these forms and check whether you're, you know, in active addiction or you're in recovery or whatever that may be, but that's, that's used against you, right? Like rather than like, you know, a good thing that you've overcome and you're, you know, you can relate to people and no, it's used against you. So that's a really, I, I, I when you were talking about it, I immediately thought of him and in, in that conversation. So I, you probably can't link anything. <laughs> said i'm gonna link to them all <laughs> yeah link link to the all because each one offers something so different I, I i can't even think of a favorite other than i like that mark Parrish wasn't didn't have his tooth in when we were talking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah well i actually have a good hockey player for you a local guy here uh, 
I don't know if you know his name, but David Shand okay. is a hockey player and I can introduce you. Yeah. Wonderful. That'd be great. He's obviously retired now, but he's, he would be a great interview. Uh, wonderful. He's, yeah, he's yeah. awesome. Oh, wonderful. So, you know, yeah. hockey is like, <laughs> I go to hockey games by myself <laughs> all the time. Uh, hockey is where, why this started a hockey player. So like I, you know, I am, I'm always willing to talk to a hockey player. <laughs> well, so Eric Lindros trans transferred to my high school. I used to have gym class with him. So I played volleyball with oh. him at six hour and he was ripped. He was 16 years old. And I was like a senior. He was a little younger than me, but he was just such an athlete. Yeah. Um, you can see, you can see it already. Eh? It's oh funny. my gosh. Yeah. I know. Sad about his concussions. Yeah. But, um, all right. So, all right. So this is, I mean, this is great. Like, I feel like so what is the evolution of the unashamed alcoholic? You know, I actually think you do very well on LinkedIn. There's, there are some people there, uh, particularly women who are talking about like ADHD, uh -huh. autism awareness, um, different things. And they just get tons of followers because there's, I guess the people that will find you will find you. Right. And there's a lot of them out there. So they are raising awareness. Um, so I encourage you to maybe try that and we can uh -huh. connect on LinkedIn too. So like co-promote, you know, I can share uh -huh. your stuff, uh -huh. but, um, well, what's next? I mean, do you ever think about turning it into a business? You know, so I, and here's something, again, I struggle with like, so AA, right. AA is non-professional, mm -hmm. right. But I also feel like there's a couple of things. One is there's a lot of people that would never make it to AA. Right. Um, and there's a lot of other reasons people might need help, might need help on a spiritual path or this type of work that someone like you or I, someone in recovery would do. Um, a lot of people that don't like meetings or won't go to meetings, you know, some, I want to try and provide an alternate way to get in. Right. right? And it's uh, you could say it's promotion, but it's more like information. And then like your podcast, for example, I can listen to your podcast when I'm out for a run. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. It's kind of like a meeting, you know, um, yeah. and that's the thing with podcasts is they're great like that. Yeah. Um, so, but what is next? Have you thought about the evolution or where do you want to take your unashamed alcoholic podcast? You know, that's a really good question. I, and I struggle with that a lot because I get frustrated when I, you know, it's hard to get, um, uh, interviewees or guests, like, or I get turned down. Like I get really, I'm easily discouraged. And I just think, ah, fine, I'll stop it. <laughs> you know? And, uh, then some, the whole bunch will come along at once. Uh, I don't know. Um, you know, I, 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 I wonder that a lot, but it's still so new. It's, it's, it'll only be two years in, um, October. So it's, I, I feel like it's, still new. And, you know, I get a good amount of downloads, but like still not enough to, you know, interest, like any kind of sponsorship. And then you kind of go into like sponsorship. Well, how do you navigate that sort of promoting something? You know, I struggle with that kind of idea of like promoting something when it's supposed to be like, maybe just conversations about, you know, something that you don't want to have a sponsor, you know, being promoted. I, I don't know. Like I haven't really gotten my head around that. Then you get into legal things. And I just think like, I can't even manage Instagram. Like, I don't know if I can <laughs> manage like anything more than the very basic what I'm doing right now. So you know, I don't know. I, I really don't know. It's working right now. Um, the way it is, uh, I, you know, I think maybe if I was able to get, you know, a few really big name guests that could change the course of it, but at the same time, do I want the course changed or am I I'm pretty comfortable the way it is now? I mean, it's, it's already a lot to manage. Like we've talked about like how podcasts are, you know, just doing one episode and the editing and everything that goes into the background work, it's, there's a lot in, into that. So 
for have it to go a lot bigger or any different than the way it is now, that would be a lot of work. Like I'm a mother, I have a, I do, I do have a, a job, um, you know, I'm trying to balance other things in life. And, you know, this is sort of a side, still a little side thing. So mm-hmm. not, I'm not sure what I want. I'm not sure what I want it to do yet. Yeah. 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 No, I hear you. And uh, it's interesting because like, so I'm, I'm 49, right. And I started this and I would love to transition and have this make money. Right. Because, you know, if I ask myself truly, where am I the happiest? Mm -hmm. It's really when I'm sharing the message. Yes. Same. Do you you resonate with that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when I'm helping others, when I'm sharing the message and, and maybe I was born to be on Broadway or something, but (laughs) I don't totally feel like that, but I like to talk. Right. And so do you. Yeah. So like, we like to talk, we like to help (laughs) others. Hands a lot too. When I talk. (laughs) Right. So how do I be of service? Right. So this is what I'm happiest. And I, and I do believe, and I've learned this, that if I don't do what I'm happy doing, then life is going to suck, you know, and then I'm going to go to always try and numb and escape and avoid my life because I don't like it. So, so how can I make this more a part of my life? And, um, I agree. I found, I found like I've, I found, I found that. And someone asked me, uh, a while ago, like, why do you feel the need to share everything that's so personal? And I just thought like, because it makes me feel good. You know, and it's, it's like, it's all the, since I started sharing about my alcoholism and recovery and not being ashamed to talk about that, which I was for so long before, during, and after, uh, I just feel like, I feel like it's my purpose, which is sounds maybe silly, but like, I really feel like I'm meant to talk about this. And so like, very similar to what I'm hearing you saying, like, how can I, if, if, if that's the case, like you know, I need to, I need to figure out like what, if if I'm in the right place to be doing that right now, is this the right, I think it is the right outlet for now, because like, I mean, look, you you found me and we're having a conversation for your podcast now. So like it, it, it does sort of like t- trickle along, you know, in these little domino effects where you connect with other people and you share elsewhere. And, you know, it does make a, a difference. I share my story through uh, other uh, on other people's meetings. And I go, I am, I'm a speaker through the federal government of Canada, like to share my story. So it has kind of brought different opportunities. Um, I just think I'm just going to wait and see, I don't know about you, but that's, that's my plan right now is just hope someone offers me a paying job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I've thought about going for like coaches training, like, you know, the CTI Institute where you can like learn to be a coach. Oh yeah. Um, you know, sober coach, life coach. I feel like there's a lot of people out there that need pep talks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, I mean, that's the thing. Like if I just feel like, you know, it was 40, well, let's say 38 years of like not talking about something or not knowing what I was supposed to be doing. And like, I kind of feel like this is, I'm getting there. Like I've sort of, this has helped, this has helped me figure out like, okay, this, this feels right. This is what I, where I feel most comfortable. This is where I feel like I can make a difference. Cause I wondered for a long time, like, what am I doing with my life? Like not just the drinking, but like, I feel like I'm making an impact. And mm-hmm. now I, I, I hope I am somehow because I mean, I enjoy talking. About it. Yeah. 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 Um, so what else, what else, what else? Um, well, what else, what else would you like to tell our listeners today? I mean, I can't think of a good question. So is there any like type of, (laughs) is 
statement you'd like to tell or uh, experience strength and hope you'd like to share? Yeah, you know, uh, I always like to go back to what I thought was kind of the end. You know, when I decided to stop drinking, I was like, well, (laughs) goodbye, fun. You know, like I'll never see you again. And what's the point of ever going to a concert again? Like that was, I, I distinctly remember thinking that. And because, you know, we, we talk a lot about the before, um, and I don't just mean you and I, 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 you know, in general, we talk a lot about people's stories of, you know, before and how you hit rock bottom and all this stuff. But for me, I like to now focus a little more on the after, because I want, really want people to see, and that's what I try to say when I overshare on Twitter all the time is like, I want people to see like the other side of like the after side of like in sobriety, like that life is actually a whole lot more fun. It's a lot better, more enjoyable, more authentic. Um, you know, all these things that I never could have dreamed of, you know, and I said, it, I think I said it the other day, like if you told me like five years ago that I would be able to go to a, a concert alone and sober, <laughs> I would have probably pushed you down a flight of stairs. Like that's out of just not even out, out of totally out of my head, an option, never, never. And now I'm going to do that tomorrow night for the second time in two weeks. Um, because why not? Like, I love it. I can't, don't have anyone to go with. Doesn't matter. I'll go by myself. Uh, you know, not going to drink, don't need it. Like now I fully know I don't need alcohol to have a good time. I'll have a way better time. Actually, I'll remember it. (laughs) I'll not make a fool of myself and I'll not vomit at the end of the night, like win, 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 you know? (laughs) And so I always like people to know that there's something going to come. It's going to, it's might not be at the beginning. It might, you know, it might be really tough at the beginning, but life is waiting for you. Like a real fun, fulfilling, genuine life with real feelings that are sometimes awful, but it's still great. It's every day of this is better than any day drinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love your optimism. I think that's a consistent thread throughout your posts is sharing the optimism, mm-hmm. which is super important, you know, and uh, speaking of concerts real quick. So tonight I told you I'm going to New York city. I'm going to go to a fish concert. I don't know if you're aware oh. of the band fish P H I S H. Yeah. Yeah. And that is like the, the, there I've, I've never seen so many drugs and alcohol. It's like crazy, but actually fish has a group called the fellowship, which is for people who want to be, uh, enjoy shows sober. So at set break, there's actually like an AA meeting, um, and it's called the fellowship. So it's not connected with AA, but they pass a yellow balloon. And so I'm going to see a lot of my friends there from around the country at the fellowship meeting. I love actually, it. I actually That's took my, so my last drink at a fish show, 1996 at a fish show wow. was my, was my last drink. So I always tell that story. People like that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Wow. So. That's a really, that's what a wonderful thing for, for them to do. Again, it just makes it like, this is normal. This is fine. This is cool. Like, look, we're, 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 we're supporting this or we're behind it or we're part of it, whatever it may be. It's that kind of idea of like people who have platforms who be like, Hey, like, look what we've set up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, so Becca, um, I'm going to see you on Twitter. I'm going to yeah. keep retweeting your stuff and listening to your podcast and, uh, maybe we could do this again. You know, we can pick a different topic and, or maybe you can interview me hint, hint for your podcast someday. <laughs> I don't know if I'm famous enough, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> so but I really, really appreciate you coming out today. You're wonderful to talk to. And I really enjoyed your message. 
Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for asking me. You had some really great questions. I liked, you know, just the chit chat and uh, yeah, for sure. I'll have you on and, you know, I wish you a wonderful time at a sober concert, which is, you know, a great thing to experience now. I agree. Right. You can get high off the music. You don't need the drugs oh, or the so alcohol. Feel it, you know, like, and that's the thing, everything's so genuine and real now it's, you know, when you feel that drum or, you know, it's just so amazing. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you. And uh, thanks to our listeners. Everyone have a good day. Do you eat too much? Do you drink too much? Do you work around the clock? Can't satisfy that it's just one more bump and then I'll stop. You can get help for your addiction. It's an affliction for sure. Bringing awareness. It's Derek, the recovering CEO.